today's guest is Medek Etadulahag, and you are the co-founder and executive chairman of Boshware. Powerful introduction, though, because um, that has been that has been something we've been working on for a while. You know, it's just it is it's uh, still strange to hear it because we've been working on it for so long, and you know, it's it hasn't sat in my bones yet. To put it that way, yeah. That's sometimes how it is. You have a goal, and you think when you reach it, you'll feel it, you'll be in it. But sometimes, it's, yeah, because it takes so long, you you transform into that person, and there's no defining like win. Like, okay, here's the gold exactly. medal. <laughs> exactly. So, what it's, is Votware? What is Votware? Yes. So, um. The vision of what Votware is and what it is right now, it's 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 a bit different. So so what it is right now, essentially, it's a smart clothing company where we focus on um, creating, developing, and uh, selling smart clothes that are directly implemented in your training. And our first product so far is an occlusion training wear. And yes. I'll go into what that is uh, soon. But that's like where we are right now. That is what Votwa is at this moment. Amazing. So for anybody who's listening, uh, this is directed towards health and fitness and getting people healthy wear- through wearing a particular garment. And this uh, Votwa, the founders consist of medical students, uh, physiotherapists and uh, four pro athletes and five medical doctors. So that's pretty impressive. Uh, when you think about clothing, we don't usually think about uh, medical professionals uh, making our clothing. So when you're talking about your first product, um, your Vaso occlusive uh, training wear, what does that actually do? And how would I be able to use it to become healthier and fitter? So... It's a really great question. And I feel like um, having explained this uh, before to numerous people or in pitches or what, we kind of have to go back to what actually happens when you train to understand its content, right? So let's pick um, basic resistance training. Uh, If you want to really understand the concept of it, you have to know that there are two ways a muscle usually can grow. One is repeated mechanical stress. You know, you lift heavier and heavier for each time, progressive load. And um, each time you you lift these weights, you break muscle fiber, you eat, it heals, and then you repeat the next day. And the second version is obviously uh, the hormonal changes, which, for example, let's pick uh, uh, steroids or or a, a... teen going through puberty these hormonal changes is also a trigger for muscle growth now yes. what yes. occlusion training does is it essentially manipulates the bloodstream and the lactic acid accumulation so picture this picture if you have a pressure on mm-hmm. a, a look on a specific band let's say two inches wide this yes. band that is integrated into the clothing is placed on the proximal part of the limb you're training. So if you're training, let's say, legs, if you're doing squats, 
you have the band integrated in the clothing on the proximal part of your quadriceps or, or and hamstring because it goes around right yes yeah, so the what top it does part is, for people just to know exactly towards the top exactly. <laughs> right right so what that band will do is it has a pressure a specific pressure gauge of around uh, uh, 50 to 100 millimeter mercury pressure okay. and the reason this pressure is is there is each time you do a squat arterial blood will enter that muscle the muscle groups of your of your legs it will be used all the atp and all the oxygen and it will create energy for your squat and then on the way out yes when it yes. turns into venous exit blood flow and metabolic waste and all the byproducts of muscle contraction that is when the bands come in they will okay. restrict okay. the amount of metabolic waste from leaving the muscle. And by restricting the amount of metabolic waste leaving a working muscle, you trick the body into thinking you're lifting a lot more than you are because the concentration in lactic acid will be a lot higher than normal. Okay, so we're putting occlusion, we're, we're, we're occluding the blood flow and through that, the waste products can't get out. And the body then has to find a mechanism or a way to then adapt to that stress. And then that way exactly. we can get those gains faster. Is that right? Exactly. Exactly. Because you also have the lactic acid threshold. I mean, there have been thousands of studies on this. It's not, uh, um, it's not exactly in the guessing theory part right now. The higher the lactic acid uh, concentration in the muscle, the more type one fibers are turned into type two fibers, and that's muscle hypertrophy as well as the anaerobic concentration, right? And that's essentially what occlusion training does. It spikes an anaerobic concentration uh, uh, in the muscle tremendously, especially when combined with resistance training. Well, that's a fascinating thing about uh, this uh, concept of your uh, clothing is that it not only stimulates type 1, but also type 2 fibres. So for people out there, type 1 fibres are more of your fast twitch, uh, explosive. Uh, so what you see sprinters have a lot of fast twitch type 1 fibres, but also you get the aerobic fibres, the, the type 2, the slower, more endurance fibres. So that's a fantastic training benefit. And would that benefit a lot of different sports or anybody you know what type of people are going to be benefiting the most from using this or is it really broad indeed indeed and um just to clarify yeah type two would be as you said i think you said it yeah the fast twitch type one would be the slow twitch mm -hmm. but how you use it because it is a tool at the end of the day yes will, it will maximize also the type of fibers you need so i'll give an example Let's say you you wear the occlusion training wear and you you um, you're a wrestler or a Brazilian jiu-jitsu artist, right? Yes. And you need yes. the endurance, so you need as much you need as much type one fibers to last as long as possible as well. So, how is occlusion training going to help you? And that's what many people forget that. Mm -hmm. The lactic acid threshold 
that your body's going to get used to from operating or from training with occlusion training for, let's say, uh, 30 minutes. When you take it off and when you just go into your regular sparring without it, that threshold will be a lot higher. So you're actually going to last a lot longer because your own natural uh, threshold has been increased. Yes. Do you know how much I hate lactic training? <laughs> so, <laughs> so are you telling me this is going to hurt a little bit? It's going to hurt a lot. It's going to hurt okay. a lot. But it's it, it's like you are exchanging, you know, 10-minute uh, pain for 30 minutes of, of uh, supernatural uh, endurance. So, so I feel it's worth the, it. The, I think that uh, no pain, no gain should be yeah. should be the title of this but but it's only a small yeah. like lactic training as you said it's only for a short period of time and then what you can achieve and how you can actually take on stress because of that training is um yes it's unbelievable absolutely absolutely and uh these i mean the benefits for everyone even if you're you're a pro athlete or a regular guy who works out mm-hmm. pushing that lactic acid threshold up is kind of the same reason uh, uh, people supplement with, let's say, creatine, you know, to get those mm-hmm. extra five reps in or what to promote muscle hypertrophy and strength quicker. So um, the benefits is, is not just for professionals, you know, it's for everyone, literally. Oh, we think about having not to spend money on supplements and doing something that's, that's not, like you don't even have to put anything in the body. It's actually on the outside. And how much it's going to benefit us through the hormonal changes. That's um, that's a fantastic, uh, great idea. And I'm wanting to know, though, as a medical professional um, myself, what type of contraindications or what type of people would I not be able to apply this occlusive uh, uh, force to? That's a great question, actually, because we do see a lot of uh, um, warnings and contraindications in in certain specific people. I would say, obviously, the research shows uh, uh, pregnant or breastfeeding, as usual. You do not want... They can't do anything. It's like you just got to put your feet up and get a bell. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, it it sounds almost like that, you know? But... um, it, we don't want the hormone storm to of dysregulate course. anything, you know? Yeah. Yes. And then you have, if you have a history of vasculitis, varicose veins, or any uh, type of pathology that has to do with the integrity of your veins, mm-hmm. you should not uh, uh, do occlusion training. So should the people same thing... get a, an okay from their doctor before this? Or because it's made by medical doctors, is it already a kind of okay? that's that's a good question as well because we kind of said like let's say when you have uh, on our website or even on the product itself you know we have the warnings and disclaimers that by using this you kind of know and and um aware of yeah. these points these contraindications so it is best to consult a doctor but unfortunately it's such a new thing that i feel most doctors haven't heard of it oh yeah i feel like they have to google a lot of things anyway right <laughs> Right. (laughs) But um, also, uh, uh, one thing that is a contraindicative uh, measure Mm. is if you have hepatitis or any hepatic pathologies that strain or impact. So, 
we have all heard of the Krebs cycle, obviously, you know, the energy cycle for ATP, but the Cori cycle, which is how the body gets rid and processes uh, uh, lactic acid into glucogenesis, that's all done in the liver. Mm-hmm. Now your body's going to go through a huge amount of lactic acid with this type of training, like more than normal. So it's too much. On the liver. Yeah, it's too much for an unhealthy liver. Okay. Okay. Good to know. So pregnant people, anyone with vascular uh, vein issues and anybody right, with right. hepatitis or hepatic uh, filtering issues, uh, they uh, should stay clear of this type of training. Right. But anyone else, it's games time for you. <laughs> so, and do, can we only get our hands on it at the moment through your website? At the moment, internationally, yes. We are in a couple of selected stores in Scandinavia alone. But at okay. the moment, yeah. And how do I know once I get the gear, how do I know how to train in it? Like I want a bigger, I want a, not a bigger booty. I want a strong booty, powerful legs, a slimmer waist. Right. And um, yeah, I want all of that. So can this gear... This gear do that for me and help me with my sprint training all at the same time. So as we said before, you know, it's a tool and it really matters how one uses it. Okay. <laughs> one has to actually use it. So I would say the short answer is yes. If you use it the way it should, it, it's Good. most likely, most definitely going to increase your overall strength and muscle mass. But the best way that even research has pointed out in using occlusion training is when you combine it with regular strength training, meaning uh, uh, you do your squats, you do your running, you do your drills, but then you do that only for 80% of your workout. The last 20% should be an occlusion training based uh, uh, workouts. Meaning if you've done a running session and stairs and squats, first 80%, you have also opened up receptors in all the muscles you've worked. So when you start your occlusion training at the end, meaning the last uh, 20%, even if it's for 10 minutes, you will create a cascade of metabolic and hormonal changes, which will go towards all the muscles that have their receptors open. Because that's how growth hormone works. It works on receptors. All hormones do. Yes. Because I get a lot of, how can I train my abs with occlusion training how can i occlude my abs and i go like you you don't really do that you don't really need to do that you just need to open up the receptors so you train abs first and then you end with occlusion training even if it's occlusion training on your biceps Mm -hmm. the hormones are going to go anywhere the receptors are open so you have an activation i love the way that that works and 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 the way the human body works to actually do that it's it's pretty it's biohacking honestly and um so i would i would recommend combining it and we try to stay with our clients as long as possible and accompany them whether it's videos or workout plans when they buy it online like a digital pack so we we give them a clean and clear way of maximizing it yeah so that's great so if i bought the product i'd actually know you'd give the, the resources to be able to know how to use it properly. How to use it. I'm not just like, I got these clothes. Now what do I do? Right, right. Right, exactly. Okay. Because I feel it's very important. 
Great. Well, I've got. To, I'm gonna. I'm uh, about to move into a high performance sports center, so I'd love to do a class with some of the athletes there using your uh, wear. So we'll talk about that after after the podcast. Uh, so, but fantastic product, and thanks for explaining all of that, and especially for uh, the listeners out there wanting to improve in their health and fitness. It's, you've got to head to the page and and check it out and and look at the research because that's. It's going to change the way we train. And uh, so I wanted to just jump into a different topic. So the, one of the, you're one of the five medical doctors, obviously, uh, that has yeah. uh, been one of the founders um, of this product. But how did you, uh, how long have you been in medicine for and what type of medicine um, do you specialize in? So... Um... This we started working on this product actually when I was in the third year of medical school. Okay. And it launched when I was uh, one year into being a doctor. Right now, it's general practitioner, general medicine, mm-hmm. and um, due to you know juggling so much with different with the work and projects, um, I'm staying in general medicine for now. Yes. We'll see if you specialize in sports medicine afterwards or not. Okay. Great. And but, was your training, like I've, I've watched you on your Instagram over the years doing your medical degree and doing uh, you sprint training. What other, have you, were you a sprinter? Is there any other sports? Were you doing um, gridiron or, right, or right. football? Right. So, I actually went pro in um, three different sports. Sprinting was one of them. Ran for the Norwegian uh, track and field team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually went pro in arm wrestling. This was uh, in, in Europe at the time, yes. And um, as well as American football, this was again in Europe, not in, in the US, you know. But so two sports in Europe, one in Scandinavia. So sports has really been a huge part of my life and um it still is you know yeah very talented well done <laughs> and and, <laughs> and is that what uh got you into health and medicine or was it your parents were like you just need to be a doctor or <laughs> what was the case actually actually that's a, that's a funny story because um i actually entered medicine because of psychiatry you know, okay. I was fascinated with it. Right. That, that's kind of why I, I stepped foot in medicine. It was um, the fascination of the human mind, what it does when it comes to epigenetics, mm-hmm. how the thought, the mind can really influence not only your our immediate surroundings, but even your own genes. And entering psychiatry was something that actually was psych. I wanted to be a psychologist. And then I found out psychiatrists had more... Uh, <laughs> Problems than everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, all right, let's do this psychiatry thing. You know, let's let's see these problems. Mm. And then when I was in medicine, I started missing the professional uh, sports side of my life, and it just twisted into sports medicine. Yeah. And um, that was kind of the transition. Okay, yeah. So, and what do you think? When I was doing my medical degree, I found that a lot of the medical students weren't actually active uh didn't didn't play a sport didn't go to the gym and yet we were studying medicine and health uh and i found that 
quite, I don't know, I found right, it quite right, confronting right. because then we, we put a lot of trust in medical professionals and right. then I think it needs to complement each other. What's it like in Oslo and did you find Oslo the same thing uh, in your part of the world? I feel, I feel you, you actually have a point because um, it shouldn't be as rare as it is when it comes to, let's say, medical students or medical professions that are not living or embodying the health that they are preaching. But I do see a trend that is getting better. Mm-hmm. I do see that more and more uh, medical doctors are entering fitness or, or entering uh, a healthier lifestyle, not only promoting it, but also living it, embodying it. Because um, yes. you, can't, you can't, you know, you can't be telling someone, uh, uh, take this medication when you know or you haven't experienced that training or a healthier hormone profile will come from lifting weights. You know, one has to tend to start prescribing mm-hmm. exercise rather than medication all the time, unless it's, you know, necessary. Yes, 100%. And, and what's, the, what's the leading causes of death over there? Because over here it's the same part of all the metabolic, you know, uh, diseases and then we've got we do have dementia is on the rise I think because we have a, a aging population but what are you what are you kind of faced with over there health-wise the issue in um, Norway is obviously heart disease mm-hmm. and dementia is actually pretty high here yes as well as yeah. uh, stroke but we get a lot of lung and uh, uh, COPD pathologies here. Okay, and so I you're feel, pretty much on par right. with us. Yeah, it's the same then, yeah. Okay. Yeah, most likely. But we also have a huge, I would say, uh, not drug problem, but mm-hmm. alcoholic and uh, drug abuse. And it's is very it common prescription, in Scandinavia. Prescription medication? No, no, not prescription a lot of prescription so, medication. Yeah, so they would get it from alternate sources, okay. but it wouldn't be prescription medication. It would be um, specifically, you know, heroin or, or I think heroin is the most common in Oslo, actually. Okay. And you could you could find kids in high school doing like okay. cocaine. And, and I think, honestly, when it comes to the fact that Norway has such a high standard of living, so everyone has the economic means to live. Work doesn't become a necessity. Mm-hmm. So the mind kind of starts wandering and the purpose gets lost. Okay. So people, because you're born into wealth, you're born into money. You don't need to work. So what does this child do to, to you know, okay. what goals does he have? And that kind of becomes like a... a I don't use the word gateway, but that kind of becomes like a path of experimenting because, you know, he has no immediate goal. Right. Right. It's boredom. boredom. Exactly. Because it's like, what else can I do? And then they enter this this realm of uh, drugs. Yeah. Well, we we have that over here in Australia as well. Um, 
yeah, we do have it's quite prosperous country. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of – it's more, though, prescription medication. When I was in Sydney, it was a lot of, yeah, cocaine, <laughs> things like that. So but yeah. people have the money for it. But ice is definitely a big one. Uh, and right, that's, right. that's pretty sad to see. But we won't, we won't <laughs> talk about too, too much negative stuff. But there – do you see that – Though, do you see a lot of um, what's uh, depression? It's, like it's high. There? It's high. I feel. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's with affluent places. Yeah. It seems to be more so than because I don't know. I think if you're 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 just trying to survive, you actually probably don't have time to. Be <laughs> but sorry. that's exactly uh, it, depressed. and that is exactly <laughs> kind of full circle. You know, we come back to the point of the born into uh, it's a country with a high standard of living and and no one is really trying to survive economically at least not the majority so it's very easy for small problems and small tests to really have a huge impact in their life when if you were you know let's say in a third world country you would be grateful for the small things you had and um, it's, it's a mindset it's a mentality that unfortunately has really made depression rampant here you know when you have everything not finding your shoe can cause you to start crying you know break down yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. just break down <laughs> like oh, I uh yeah <laughs> so we looking at yourself you probably haven't had that many days where you've you've been depressed but you keep yourself very busy so how do you keep yourself how do you have this drive to be, you know, being able to rent, re- represent different uh, sports at an elite level, uh, doing your medical degree and then becoming a founder of, of your own uh, sportswear label? So they're, pretty, they're you know, very aspirational goals. How do you execute on those kind of being at that high level right. so um, of your life? I feel one has to really take things like – short steps one really has to take things as they come daily on a daily basis if one looks too far ahead one might be you know exhausted just by the thought so it's like they say you know baby steps but uh, um, wide vision or long vision so you have to have okay you can have a long vision or a wide vision into the future but you need to divide it into small increments and you need right Right. And how do you do that? What do you have? Do you have a diary? Like, like, do you plan things out like each and every single day? I feel the first thing it starts with, um, if you have a goal, if you know that there's a goal, you can plan it out a lot better. Let's say you want to look. Mm-hmm. And you sit very specific. So you visualize this or. Right. Right. So I try to actually make a, <laughs> I make a list at the beginning of every year. And I make this list as ridiculous okay. as possible. And I'm talking like, right. Dreaming big. And this list is kind of like, uh, I try to reverse engineer whatever I have on the list. Because I truly believe in, as I mentioned before, the power of thoughts, the power of uh, uh, visualizing and, and how the mind actually, you know, just by thinking and, and believing in certain structures can affect your own genes you know if you you've probably heard the saying you know if you look at the world as a negative place you will see only negative and 
you've probably experienced that yourself where yes. let's say your friend gets pregnant so you you have a pregnant yes. friend in your vicinity and yes. then when you go out you keep seeing pregnant women everywhere and you're like where did it yeah where did they all come from right but yes that's essentially how the brain works if you think yellow car you start seeing more yellow cars so if your brain thinks uh, uh if you write this list down and your brain fixates or thinks on this list and kind of tries to reverse engineer because you have to deliberately do it you have to deliberately take steps back from whatever you put on this list your brain will start seeing opportunities in the real world of how to get to that and this is kind of a method i've always been um, i've always of been course. using have a clear goal divided into increments like make this list and then divide it into increments where you have to reverse engineer it to the point that you actually you know okay. your brain starts seeing opportunities when they present themselves Do you know what I find, though, is that a lot of people don't allow themselves to dream big. Right. Most people, we talk about depression, they don't have a lot of self-worth, let alone seeing themselves achieve a big goal. And, you know, with me, I think I haven't had, uh, I didn't have parents that encouraged me or anybody around that encouraged me. I, it did have to come from myself. Right. And a lot of times that was really hard to think, I can win this or I can do that, even though it was naturally say very good at sport it was still like oh can I do it and it prevented me for a lot of years from dreaming big when I started to then you know I started for me once I started running again and I started winning things and I started going back to studying and noticing that I could get distinctions I was like oh okay now that evidence gives me enough to start thinking oh I'm better I can you know, dream bigger right. than just working at Coles checkout. But I wasn't at that point in high school where I could, where I had like, mm. was able to think that big. What in your life mm. did you have parents that were always encouraging you, or did you have um, peers or mentors around? How were you able, or is that just come naturally? Like, what do you think was the soil for you to be able to have? that internal well I, th- I think your immediate surrounding does have a huge impact so i i grew up in a household with uh, five brothers so we're six guys in the house right and um, wow right <laughs> right now out of all of us i the five of us are, are medical doctors one is in medical school so um we've all wow. kind of okay. like the the mantra in the house has always been excellence in all things and this is, and they, oh yeah, they God. did they did amazing, and and it is an exact quote a quote from um, our religion, which is the Baha'i Faith, and that has always been the mat- mantra of the Baha'i mm-hmm. Faith. You know, we believe the human uh, uh, body, the human mind, and the human soul are. are you can grow these attributes. You can grow these three. Uh, separate entities and by always cultivating and always uh feeding your your body your mind your soul you will really achieve excellence as i said in all in all things we should aspire to that and um, that is really important to have you know yeah. a healthy body a healthy mind 
and a virtuous and aspire towards a virtuous uh, soul. So that has always been what we grew up with. And I feel when one really has that as one's anchor or one's core, one doesn't really, one doesn't look at tests or obstacles as it versus me, you know? You don't, you don't, you don't see a test and go, oh, why is this yes. happening to me? Instead, you go, <laughs> but that, that's it. They haven't really, then you, you haven't understood the basics of what a test is. Because when you truly see yourself as just a human body, just, you know, that thing in time space, then you would be like, okay, why is this happening to me? But if you understand, no, look, you have other qualities that grow in other ways. The, uh, you eat food for the body, mm-hmm. but for your mind and soul, you need tests. That is the food. So that is the nutrition yeah. for those other sides and those other qualities. Yeah. And failing it or, or, or passing it is irrelevant. What's relevant is meeting it, you know, because it's not going to go until you, you overcome it and learn it and, and grow in that sense. So I think the... I really truly yeah, believe yeah. that the biggest uh, impact in my life has been this way of thinking, you know, that came from the Baha'i faith, obviously, being a Baha'i myself. It really changes my life. Yeah, and, and that's beautiful. I think that is lacking in a lot of, you know, say the uh, affluent cultures. So I know in Australia, a, a lot of people do not have, do, do not believe in, you know, we don't go to church, they're not. They're not religious uh, and more so atheist, more science-based. But at the same time, taking away the, you know, having a higher power or spirituality, then, you know, yeah, I think there's a, there's that area where right. you feel kind of empty because then what what are we here for? There's, there's a lot of things that can't be answered and, and you kind of, don't become become more directionless, I think, and then either money or or power or these sort of things can become your your god. Um, and I, but personally, as a medical professional, I feel like it's that's that's the same. It's the three. It's it's all encompassing. So you have, you know, right. your health, right. your your faith in in God, and and it. It all works together. Even when I look at before I, before you eat a meal, when you say a prayer or you meditate over what right. that, you know, the animal or the, the, the earth that's giving you this food, that meditation and time to pause before we actually exactly. eat and just stuff our face in front of the TV gives us that connection with God, the land, and, and being in gratitude. And gratitude is one of the only things that can actually kind of sits on the opposite side right. of um right i agree of, you know stress and everything so i, I feel I like agree. all Absolutely. of it works together like right <laughs> if you, and if you this really comes down it. to also i would say our definition and place as human beings because if you look at the food chain you would understand that or if you look at the the, the levels of creation you know at the lowest level we have atoms we have uh, minerals we have uh vitamins like these things in the soil like if you grab a handful of dirt we would say these are the most basic forms Mm. of creation right then above that we have obviously the plant kingdom 
and plants they know how to manipulate this lower form you know if you're a tree and you need water you know you know deeper roots so you grow your roots deeper uh, if you have too much water you go wider roots so it's obvious that the plant kingdom is in a higher plane than the kingdom of minerals because they can uh, manipulate, they can, uh, they are, I don't use the word aware, but they have the instinct to uh, manipulate it to their profit and their uh, advantage. And it's the same if we go up again, we see the plant, I mean, the, the animal kingdom. We know even if you're a carnivore, like a lion, some lions when they are sick, they know what plants to eat, what plants to use. So they use even the plant yeah. kingdom for health and how much more herbivores, right? The same with right. tribes as well. Like tri like we look at the indigenous population here, they, they have all the knowledge of what uh, flora exactly. and fauna and, and what, you know, what we need to, to heal things. But instead of listening to them, it's like take the land mm -hmm. and let's just build property. And so, so we forget the spiritual side right. and that connection with the land, which is to our detriment. And with you, with with being a Bahit, what is this like? If you can explain it in a in a right. simplified way, um, where did it originate from, and right. what is it so about? So the Bahai faith is um, first of all, we believe in um, that all religions come from the same source. There is only one God, and and all these religions, from from Zoroastrianism, Buddhism to the Bahai faith today, speak of the same truths, just revealed in a progressive manner progressive revelation to match uh, our capacity at the time so um this is essentially the core uh, beliefs of the faith where you know in in um before christ you know turned the other cheek that was the capacity of man but today our capacity has grown so in a progressive revelation manner. I, have, <laughs> I believe so, but but remember also, you know, the, the greater the capacity for good, the greater the capacity for evil, you know, the brighter the light, yeah. the darker the shadow. So, yeah, absolutely, our capacity yeah. has grown. That's why also you, you, you see. Right, no, I, right. I do, I believe that too. So, yeah, we believe in oneness of God, oneness of religion, uh, obviously equality of the sexes. Uh, we believe um, that our purpose on this earth is not only to and where did that originate to... from where did because i haven't seen many people in australia of this faith where is so it originated of... from uh, uh persia modern day iran uh, 1844 was mm -hmm. established and um most baha'is you can find them obviously middle east or, or actually there's a huge baha'i community in the u.s and in ireland and okay. um, so it's very global. You, mm. you have Baha'is everywhere on earth. Okay. Yeah. Okay, great. Sounds beautiful. And it's, and it's obviously been such a pivotal uh, role in keeping your family uh, together and focused and achieving really highly and respecting your body. And uh, so it sounds, sounds like right. something to I think I they've given a... Um, <laughs> This is a Baha'i temple in Sydney, Australia. So, um, right, right. Okay. It, and unity is the main reason, we believe, for religion. You know, if, if religion causes disunity and strife, what's the point of it to begin with? So, um, yes. 
Well, it's the divide and conquer is is what they talk about, and if you divide people, then you know you can you can bring down cities and yeah. and and you know countries. So yeah, it's, it's about unity. We do want to work on business together because we live, we live on the earth together. So that makes right. sense. Right, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, is there anything else you wanted to maybe touch on or talk about before we wrap this up? I'd like to actually know your. I get to. I, I ask this question to all of my guests, though, what their morning routine is, because as they say, win the morning, right. you win the day, and it can encourage others out there to, uh, you know, maybe apply yeah. what works for you into their lives in that. That's a, that's a very good question. Um, I try to make sure, like no matter how busy or crazy the morning is, you know, read something is most likely going to be Baha'i scriptures or something inspirational. So read something. I always have to uh, meditate at least a minute or two, at least, because it's better than zero, right? So read something, meditation, that usually happens in the same go, in the same set. Uh, uh, I make sure I I don't eat solid breakfast. I always drink something liquid, and then uh, I might have some work before I head out. And for me, my core staple in the morning routine is that readings and meditation because it really it really puts things into perspective for the rest of the day. You know, it really you know brings you back to what matters. I feel. Because when you start with that, I really believe that the rest of the day, whatever gets thrown at you, you kind of know where you are. You know where your mind is. Yeah, that's beautiful. And that's that, you know, it's like you're grounded, your feet are grounded for the day, no matter what exactly. kind of wind exactly. blow you around. Yeah. <laughs> and and it, 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 are you waking up at a particular time? Honestly, with work, yes, it it, it becomes six a.m. every day. But um, depending on what is needed for me at that day, I might have to wake up five a.m. But it has been for the past couple of uh, uh, years. But you're not one of these. I don't have no no. I I need my sleep, and I'm not like I need my eight hours. (laughs) I'm gonna get eight hours right because at the end of the day, it's all about functioning. If you can function on three hours of sleep, perfect. I wish I could, but uh, it's such a necessary. I mean, <laughs> you need those games. You can't have arms like that if you if you, if you right right. Rest is just as vital as uh, work. Yeah. Well, great to know. I'm gonna. Yeah, I, I should start that in the morning. I try to do a meditation. Morning. I try to do a meditation. Uh, every morning and just bring in gratitude um looking out on the ocean is what wow, i love to do because it allows me to see the, the abundance of water wow. in the ocean means to me i can see that there's enough yeah. for everybody so if i just need a cup of water there's a cup god's made enough for everyone so it just reminds me of um, that so yeah but beautiful love thanks it. for yeah. sharing and it's been great to talk to you and can't wait to start using what uh, we're in some games for myself, especially my Excellent. sprinting as well. And we'll be, we'll be chatting soon. So thanks Pleasure. Thanks for having me, much. for entertaining. And 
uh, you know, it's important to have a <laughs> And we'll put right. your links. <laughs> we'll put your links to everything Perfect. in the description. Perfect. So if anyone wants to get um, get the botware, they'll know where to get it. Or excellent, add you on excellent. social. Again, thanks for having me. Okay. All right.